Well, welcome to Three Famous Guys. My name is Gus, and with me today is Jim and Mark, the other Three Famous Guys. And we have a great show for you today. We have part two of the interview with Ivan Tuttle, who has a book out called A Journey to Hell, Heaven, and Back. So you're not going to want to miss this. We're going to ask a lot more questions that didn't get answered last time. We're going to find out some people he met in heaven and find out some new stories. So stick around. Three famous guys going incognito on a mission to bring you the most compelling stories. Rags to riches, paranormal activity, comedy, drama, murder, sadness and trauma. It's all right here. This is Three Famous Guys, the podcast where no topic is off limits. And now your hosts, the international men of mystery, Gus, Jim and Mark. All right, my name is Gus, and this is Gus Jim Mark, Three Famous Guys podcast, and also this is going to be on YouTube. So you want to go to YouTube, Three Famous Guys on YouTube, and subscribe there, because we're going to start putting a, a lot more shows on there. So, uh, But today, before we even get going, we have not had Mark with us for a little while. Mark runs a, uh, or manages a uh, country club golf course up in Green Bay, Wisconsin. So this is a busy time of year for him, but today, we actually have Mark with us. It's really great to be back. Uh, sorry, I missed so many shows. I've been been listening and I was really sad to miss uh, the uh, part one of this but I listened to it yesterday and uh, it was a great show. Well cool so I'm hoping you'll have a lot more questions so uh, I, I know Heather she's been uh, talking about the book and everything so but anyway with that and I'm going to probably edit all my nonsense out and my stuttering out so uh, Ivan welcome back to the show. Thank you glad to be back. Ivan why don't you go ahead and uh, well let's just just give a little recap of what happened last time so the first show we talked about your journey to hell and then up to heaven. And we talked about what happened to you and, and how you died. I'm guessing this time we probably want to talk a little bit more about the things you saw in heaven and uh, the people you met there. Can you go ahead and just give us a little bit of a little bit of background of some of the people you met up there? And then we'll get into some questions and some things we have for you. Sure, I can do that. So when I was in heaven, there was a lot of people that I met. You know, some of them, uh, it's kind of unusual to try to explain this to people. But once you see somebody, you know everything about them. And so I got to meet you know, I, I saw Peter. I saw uh, I saw Paul. I saw people from the Old Testament. I saw Jesus. Uh, he didn't speak to me. All he did was look at me and smile. And believe it or not, that's all he had to do. Uh, there's just so many people. You know, I met angels. I, I met, um, I got to see all the aborted children on, on the earth that were up in heaven. Uh, so I, just so many people. I mean, you know, there's just a lot of people up in heaven. So. Did you did you have to introduce yourself or did you just know right away who they were? Like Peter I knew who Paul. they were. Yeah, I knew who they were and they knew who I was. It's it's an instant recognition. Your spirit recognizes who that is instantly. So we're all going to be friends up there. Those that make it, yeah. <laughs> I had to throw that in. Sorry. Mm -hmm. No, that's a that's a good thing to throw in because one of the things I've noticed now since we've did the last podcast with you, there's a lot of podcasts out there and there's a lot of stories out there of people who claim they've been to heaven. Actually, a lot of them claim they went to the other side. They really, a lot of them don't even talk about heaven and they talk about how we can come back and you know basically they're talking reincarnation which is not biblical. So I know there's a lot of people out there who just want to sell books, who just want to, you know, tell things that sound good, that make people feel good. I mean, it, it's got to be a good feeling to think, well, no matter how I live this life, I'm going to, I'm going to be fine. Right. And that's not how it works. Well, that's probably one of the biggest lies that's out there, you know, and, and that's, and, and, and just being real blunt because I'm in hell too. So that's probably one of the biggest tools that Satan uses against us is, you know, oh, we're going to make it real easy for you. So everything is just great and fine. That's it. And you just, you know, everything is flowers and, you know, roses and wine.
fine and it's beautiful and don't have to do anything at all. Well, the reality of it is, you know, besides what I believe in salvation, that you give your life to the Lord, you have to you have to actually change your lifestyle. When it talks about repentance, repentance means that if you're going in one direction, you have to repent means to turn a 180 and go back the other direction. And, and that's really what it means. So if you repent, if you're going to repent, you can't keep living that same lifestyle that you used to live. So when you're in heaven, another thing I've noticed, and I'm, I'm probably talking too much, so I'm going to let the other guys jump in here, but normal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but one of the things that uh, um, I, I hear a lot from people who've had these experiences is that Jesus didn't talk to them either, that he looked at them or they just didn't get, I mean, they, they don't all say that, but I, I have noticed a good number of them. So uh, do you suppose, what do you suppose that is? I mean, wh what do you think? Well, first of all, Jesus doesn't really have to talk to you a whole lot. I mean, because he's already done everything he's supposed to do. I mean, reality of it is, I mean, he he died on the cross, so our sins could be forgiven and, you know, rose from the grave. That's the other part for our sins to be forgiven. He was the ultimate sacrifice. He's done everything he's supposed to do. Now, he is the son of God. He can do many things um, through his stripes were healed. When we talk about those kind of things, there's a lot of things that happen because of Jesus. And I don't know why he didn't talk to me, except for all I can think of is he really didn't need to. All he, all he did was look at me and smile. I knew exactly who he was. And that smile alone, uh, it's hard to explain, you know. But there's there's people out there that and I've heard that have said that Jesus talked to him. And I'm like, wow, that's great, you know. I'm not jealous. I just understand that Jesus might have to talk to some people. Maybe that means I was good enough. He didn't have to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you mentioned you met Peter. Tell me about that. Oh, Peter. Peter, I, I got to meet Peter in heaven, and I got to see what Peter was like on earth. And it's one of the most unique things about Peter. Peter walked in a glory, you know, on earth as, as well as in heaven. I mean, like, he's like, how can I explain it? He's not like third in charge or anything, but he's way up there because the presence about him was so strong. The glory of God is on him, even in heaven, you know, just like on earth, because you got to remember on earth, all Peter had to do is walk by somebody and a shadow would fall on someone and, and they could be crippled for life, you know, can't walk, lame. And all of a sudden, they feel this thing come over them and they get up and they start walking. You know, imagine that from birth, you can't walk and all of a sudden now you can walk. Or you're deaf and now you can hear. Or you're blind and now you can see. Just from the shadow. See, it wasn't that his shadow had any power. It's just that his shadow was part of the glory of God that was on Peter. And so Peter has this glory on him, even in heaven, still with him, you know. What did that look like? Well, you know, people talk about auras here on earth, you know. Yeah. Everybody has an aura. Look, it's not auras. You, you have your spirit has energy. Your spirit has a glow about it. And so people try to put, oh, uh, they try to take things that are from God and, and put it in terms that only man can understand. And, oh, maybe it's not from God. It's just our aura. It's what, it's the glory of God that's on every spirit that starts out in this world. And as you get more of God, you basically, it glows more. I don't know how else to explain that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I do have a, a question. When you saw Jesus, um, could you see the scars on his hands and Feet. Absolutely. Oh, yes. good. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was when you said that you saw him and I've been taught over the years that um, that he's going to be in his risen body, but we saw her Thomas and the disciples saw his scars. So I just kind of wondered if, if you had noticed that. Yes. In fact, it's not just a scar. He actually has a hole in his hands and he has 
hole on the top of one foot and the top of the other foot and at the bottom of his feet. Mm -hmm. He has holes in it. I mean, you could see that, visibly see that. Now he's in his resurrected body. Yeah. You know, it's, it's his spirit. It's in the glory. But the holes remain. It's not a scar. It's actual holes okay. that are there. They're not bleeding because he doesn't have blood. You know, yeah. he's not in the flesh. Interesting. When you saw Peter, where, I mean, where was he? Where were you at when uh, you saw him? Well, if you remember, I was holding on to the angel's hand because that's what I had to do. And the angel was walking me through the city and all of a sudden it was like, oh, there's Peter. You know, and he was walking. Well, if you want to call it walking, he was just moving through the city. And uh, and I looked over at him and he, you know, and I watched him and his glory was all on him and people were going around him. They weren't worshiping him. That's not one thing. But they were around him because they enjoyed Peter. They enjoyed his fellowship. So I just watched people around him and they were just talking and having a good time. You know, it was Peter was with him. How can I explain it? Sometimes in heaven, you know, uh, you will talk about some of the things you did on earth. And so I, at that time, I was a little distance from him, but I wasn't right next to him. I'm just assuming that's probably what he was talking about because people were asking. It seemed like people were asking him questions and he was talking to them. Here's the question. You're walking through the city. I'm assuming you're walking. You're not like flying or whatever, or, or is that hard to even tell? It's really hard to tell because you just move. And it's like the streets of gold, but it's, it's way beyond the gold that we can understand. It's so bright and it's, it's soft. It's actually a soft gold. I mean, if you, it's, it's better than 24 karat. And Jim, I know you had a question you asked me about the architecture. Oh, yeah. So I was just kind of curious if the, what the ar architecture was like. Well, it definitely wasn't New England. <laughs> <laughs> well, Renaissance or? <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's kind of odd to try to explain. Everything had very, the, the, it was like a white, most of the buildings that I saw, all the buildings that I saw were like a white marble um, that had gold and diamonds and silvers. It, did, it was so bright, just stuff, stuff just reflected off of it. The, the glory of God just kept reflecting off of it, but yet going through it completely. Because when you're on one side of the building, there's this bright light. And as soon as you go through the building, it's on the other side, it's a bright light. Uh, it was more squared. Boy, I wish I could give you a, a style. Some of it seemed like it was from way back when, but not. Here, here's what I explained to you. Okay, so in the beginning, uh, when Adam and Eve were here on the earth, and after they were out of the garden, and the way the generations were up to the Tower of Babel, they were so far advanced than what we are today. To, to describe the buildings and the way they look, that's kind of what I saw in heaven. It was way beyond anything that we could imagine today, if that helped. Very straight lines, everything fit perfect. There was no gaps, there was no anything. There were a couple of things that had columns on it, but not the columns that you were used to seeing back in the Roman days or anything like that. They were just unusual. I wish I was an artist, that would be great. I could draw it out. So, you know, I've seen a lot of other people try to do that, but I'm guessing what you saw, uh, and, and also what I'm seeing from a lot of people, it's hard to explain. Very hard. In our natural mind, it's just hard to comprehend um, what, what it is you're seeing up there, or hard for you to translate what that is. And I think that's what you had said to me as well, you know, something that we can't really comprehend in our human minds. That is correct. Let me ask you this, and this is a question that someone sent me, is this, uh, you died how many years, was that 1970? February of 1978. And it was how many years later before you wrote the book and you started to tell your experience? 35 years later. And it's a big question, and I think it's a legitimate question, is why were you not allowed to talk about it during all that time? Well, there's a couple of reasons. Uh, one, the first thing is that I definitely wasn't ready to talk about it because when, when you have an experience like that and you first come back to Earth and you start to talk about things, it's just kind of like, you know, if, if you're a famous football player and you just get out of college and you, you get it, you know, you're doing really good in college and then the pros pick you as the number 
one and all of a sudden you're out there and you know, oh, it's all about you then. And God didn't want it about me. He wanted it about him. So God needed me to mature and to mature in a lot of ways. But the second thing is, how could the earth be ready back in 1978? The things that I went through that I can talk about today, that if I tried to talk about it back then, nobody would accept it. And God knew that. So that's why he wait, He had me wait. Now, during that 35 years, God cured me. I don't know how else to tell you. I mean, it's, it's like bacon curing. You know, you, you got to get all that junk out of your system. You know, it takes time for you to get your mind right. You know, I'm reading the Bible now every day, you know, trying to absorb everything that I can out of the Word of God as well. Uh, I have to walk a certain line. I had to live a certain type of lifestyle. You know, you, you just you just change your life. You got to remember, I was so far the opposite direction, bringing drugs in from the country of Belize, doing crazy things. When you change immediately, the problem we have is if you give somebody the spotlight right then and there, they start feeling like it's about them. And God didn't want it about me. That's a good explanation. You met Peter. We talked, yes. to, we talked about all the aborted children, which is good to know because uh, I myself have two. And I will say I, I did not participate in that. Unfortunately, uh, men have no voice. Uh, when it, comes, when it comes to that. So so that's something to look forward to. So you saw them. Uh, we've talked about how the children, they still learn, they still mature uh, and grow up. And everybody looked pretty much the same across the board. Uh, everybody's around early 30s uh, looking uh, when they're up there. So we'll have no gray hair. Is that what you're saying? And we'll have hair, correct? Yeah. Correct. All right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, of course, I had hair when I died. But, you know, uh, I did see myself in a future bald, you know, but I mean, I'm not really bald. It's, I shaved it all. I mean, it's kind of thin up there, but I decided to take it, you know, just take it all off. It looks a whole lot better. Um, it's, you know, I can drive a convertible now, no problem, you know. Well, let's just ask this question. Husband and wife's here. We know we're not going to be married in heaven, but do they tend to stay together? I mean, is that something you were able to see? Do they continue to be, have this bond and like best buddies or, uh, or soulmates? Or... Yeah, did you see anything like that? Well, let me explain this to you. So everybody talks about Jesus being their friend. You know, when you have a friend on earth, there's, there's only one thing that you can take with you to heaven. Just one thing. That's love. No other gifts can you take to heaven with you. The only gift you take with you is love. And when you love somebody here on earth, you still love them in heaven. It's not the same type of love. I mean, you still you still have a close bond and a close friendship. Just like Jesus has a close bond and a close friendship with his disciples up in heaven. You know, so we have this close bond and this close friendship with your with your spouse. When you're in heaven, you still have a close bond and a close friendship. You're not married to them, but you're you have this closeness. You're with each other and you enjoy each other's presence. You enjoyed each other's presence on earth, hopefully, on earth. So when you get to heaven, you'll have that same bond bond in the respect of that friendship, that kinship, that that wonderfulness that you have. Yeah, if that helps explain that, you know, you're not married, you have a super friendship. And I hope that's not today because I think I'm in the doghouse today. So, well, don't die today. <laughs> okay, I got a I got a question just from like listening to the pot or the first part yesterday, um, and I was reminded of the story of of Lazarus and the rich man being in Abraham's bosom, uh, and and both of them could see a like a chasm between where the rich man was and Lazarus was. Uh, did you see anything like that? Absolutely. There, there's such a I mean, you can see hell from heaven. Uh, if you can, you can, it's kind of hard to explain. It's not, you don't go to the edge of heaven. You just go to a certain area and you can look down and you can see hell. You can't go. It's a huge, huge, I mean, a huge space between the two. Yeah. And and the sounds from hell do not go up to heaven like it would normally go up. The sounds aren't going up there. But God himself can hear and see, and, you know, in all those things. So he's able to do that. Although yeah. when you're up there, you don't, you don't really hear it. You can see where hell is at, but you're not really looking into hell, you know? When you, when you were in hell, could you see heaven? 
Like like the rich no. man could? No. I saw the space between us, and I knew there was something there, but I couldn't see what it was from hell. So there's really no communication to anybody there. When you were up there, besides Jesus, were there anybody that, that you actually got to talk to that was really interesting or, you know, besides the angel? Actually, there were, everybody was interested in heaven because the knowledge that the people had, I mean, when, when you go up there to heaven, I mean, you see things. I, w- I was intrigued by the angels, the fact that the angels were actually below us which I was really surprised, you know, when I'm in heaven, realizing the power, like the angel that had a hold of me, you know, that I had a hold of him, the power that he had. And when I look at people, look, when you see people, I I would say Enoch was a very, very interesting person. If you want to say anybody was really close to God and close to Jesus, the closest I'd ever seen, pardon me, was probably Enoch. And he walked in a glory that nobody else walked with, you know. Then I would probably say Elijah, and then I would probably say Peter. And that they just had such a uniqueness about them. It's almost like when you looked at Enoch, it was almost like looking at the Son of God, even though it's not, you know, and you know that there's a difference between them. But Enoch walked in a power that we don't understand. We just, we can't comprehend what he walked in. Which is why the Bible says God took him. Yes. Same with Elijah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those those are the two most powerful ones that I, I found so interesting to watch. You know, I mean, I'm watching them from a distance because the angel had me really busy doing a lot of other things. But when, when you could see them from a distance, you could just read so much about them and you could see the power and the glory. Look, when you get to heaven, uh, I'll be blunt. You're not walking around with a physical crown on top of your head, but the glory of God that's on you is the crown that you get when you get there. And, and depending on what you've done here on earth, just like I tell everybody, look, anything that I do in my ministry, it's credited to my mom because if it wasn't for my mother, I wouldn't be here, you know? So my mom in heaven, as far as I'm concerned, she probably has a big crown, you know, a big amount of glory that's just flowing all over her. And, and, that's how I look at it. Uh, and your mom passed away long after this, I'm assuming. Yeah. She passed away in 2016. That's correct. My mom's probably the reason that I'll be there too. So someone, someone had to pray for this wayward guy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Heather, can you hear us? Ah. Nay, nay. Yes, I was trying to get my phone, uh, my computer off mic, uh, the mic back on. So yes, I can definitely hear you guys finally. Sorry, I kind of uh, lost service for a minute. Um, I actually wanted to ask some questions. Uh, first, I wanted to highlight your book, and um, I just wanted to share with you. I did Audible book because I just I. I'm very impatient, which God is working on with me. Um, that is not one of my strengths. So thank goodness for mankind making audible book. Um, but I did dive into that. And I will tell you, um, I got into about chapter six. And then I was picking my kiddo up. We had a, a journey to, to a road trip to get get on. And I had him listening to it with me because um, those that have not listened to his book yet, I highly or, or read it, I highly encourage it. There was so much impact for me in just those first six chapters that I wanted my teenage son to listen to. But I wanted your thoughts, Ivan. Um, do you have like an age recommendation? Because I don't even know how early somebody should have their child listening to it. And, and here's what I took away from it. And here's why I started the book over and had my, my son listening as well. Um, learning from you created a, a, an awakening for me. Um, learning from your book expanded that. So the podcast was the start of it and it expanded it. My fear of hell did not exist before. And that was a big deal. And I wanted that to ripple into my son. I don't want my son living in fear. I want his him awakened and aware this is real. And so then your thoughts on an age for when we really bring something like this to our kids. Sure, I, I can give you that. It's, it's pretty simple. I have children as young as seven years of age. 
age that are going through the book. They're a little bit slower readers. Some of them listen to it, but um, I have one girl that's 11 years old, and I was um, out in Kansas City recently, or, or in the Kansas area, in, in a little town called Womego, Kansas. And um, I was going to speak at this place early Saturday morning before going to another church and doing some other speaking. And it's, I think it's called a Woman's Glow meeting. And this this lady comes up to me and she says, my granddaughter came up to me and she said, Grandma, Grandma, I've read this book. I've read it five times. You've got to read it. Now, this is an 11-year-old girl. She says, you've got to read this book. Grandma, this book is so unreal. I learned so many things about God. I learned things about hell. I can't wait to start living more for God. I just can't wait. Grandma, you got to read this book. And the little girl reached up and grabbed my book and handed it to her. And the grandmother, of course, she looked at the book and saw my name and she goes, oh, this was on a Friday. And she goes, oh, I'm going to see him tomorrow. Do you want to go see him? And the little girl got so excited, you know, and uh, I call her my super fan, but she's 11 years old, read the book five times. The grandmother said that she's given the book to quite a few people and gets it back from them to read it over and over again. So I gave her a couple of extra books. <laughs> yeah, I love, in, that. Anyway. I, I love that. And, and honestly, yeah, those that are listening to this, I encourage it. I'm, I'm not like here, like, oh, I'm going to do a plug for the book, but I'm going to do a plug for the book because what I think that, that I gathered from you and, and the book as well was we focus on heaven and we just think we're going to go there because of the good we do and we forget the repeated sin that we do can stop us and so that is one of my biggest takeaways from that and then i'll save some of my other questions for pop popping in later but thank you for answering that you're welcome i know last time you said that you know there was just so much to see and so much to do and and all the different people you met the angel that was taking you around i mean was he talking to you and showing you and telling you about things or was he just kind of letting you see the sight. Well, when I when I first got to heaven, <clears throat> he reached out his hand and told me to take his hand. And his voice was so soft, but had so much power. It was unbelievable the way his voice sounded. And uh, it's like the best announcer voice ever. And, you know, and when we went around, the only thing he would say would be like, look or turn. He never spoke. He never said, this is this and this is that. Because he knows that once I saw something, that God would reveal everything to me while I'm looking at it. He didn't have to tell me. Bible says we're going to have the mind of Christ, so I'm assuming we're just going to know everybody and know a lot of things and understand things that we just can't even comprehend now. But tell us about some of the other people. Do, other than just seeing like Peter and Enoch and Elisha, I mean, did you get to interact with anybody else? Well, they interacted with me to a certain extent because they knew that you have to understand I wasn't ready to be in heaven. So that made a difference with me being able to communicate with everybody else up there. They saw me and they knew instantly when they looked at me, they knew what was going on. They knew that this angel had me for a reason because they know, I mean, you do have the mind of Christ, which is really great because on earth, you never do. And I mean, we're supposed to strive for that the best we can, but we can't get it here on earth. But they knew exactly what was going on with me. And what I did get the majority, well, not the majority, everybody I can remember that looked at me, they all smiled like, hey, I know what you're going through. I know what this angel's doing with you. You know, they just knew that, you know, and I know that they know it. And so, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really communicate with them, if you're asking that. How much did you see? And you were there, of course, you really don't know how long you were there, because uh, time is different. But what did it seem like, kind of comprehension of how much time it seemed like with all that you did? It seemed like years. I, I mean, it just seemed like forever. I, it was like, I, you know, when it came time to go back, I'm like, go back where? <laughs> it's like you're gaining so much knowledge and everything you look at, you just absorb it. Okay, For instance, music. When you're, when you're in heaven and you hear music, you don't just hear music. You taste music. You feel music. It goes through you. You know, it's like the musical notes are not, not even notes. It's just like it just goes through you. Okay. When the light 
light, you know, the glory of God is not sunshine, but the, the light that's in heaven just permeates your whole being. You know, it's beyond what we can imagine, you know. Um, hopefully that answers some of your questions on that. But do, do people sleep in heaven? No. They obviously eat from the tree of life. Yes. Yes. But it's not eating like we think. Of. I mean, we're eating, but it's not going through digesting like you think. It goes into your spirit. It's it's kind of kind of weird to try to explain that to people. But, you know, your spirit is more alive. And I'll explain this. Even now here on earth, your spirit never sleeps. When you sleep at night, your spirit's still wide awake. I mean, wide awake. Your spirit does not sleep. So your spirit never rests. It never rests on earth. It's never going to rest in heaven. In fact, it's going to be so full of joy in heaven. Unreal. Unfortunately, Unfortunately, if you go to hell, you're tortured and you can't get out of it and you're suffered with that. One of the things that I thought was interesting is, I mean, there's no sadness in hell. There's no no regret. No heaven. Heaven. Or heaven. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of sadness in hell. I'm sorry. Boy, I misquoted that one big time. Um, I edited that out, but that's too good to edit out. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, blooper. Um, so being there, because I, I know all of us have people that we love and would miss, but I actually had a, a dream one night, and I'll, I'll talk about this a little later, but well, I'll, I'll just kind of say what it was about. So I, I had this dream. I was standing outside by my house, and this was just here like in the last six weeks, maybe two months. And it was a clear day, beautiful Texas blue sky, uh, which we have a lot of here. And I don't know what caused me to look up, but I'm right in the corner of the house and I look up and loud came in so fast that it was, it's impossible. Um, but everything, the sky just totally covered. And I just went back on my back and called out the name of Jesus. Cause I knew this was a rapture. I knew this was it. And then I woke up and it's one of those dreams. And I've had a few in my lifetime that I just totally remember very vividly. And I didn't say anything. I said something to my pastor, told him about it. And then I didn't say anything to my wife. And then here just like a week, within a week, I think she told me about a dream she had. It's the same thing about the rapture. I don't know if exactly the same circumstances, but it was about the rapture, which I thought was pretty interesting because I'm a believer that that is imminent. With that said, um, I, I see a lot of people talking about that, you know, God showed me what the earth can be like in 2030 or, you know, 25 years from now. I'm like, okay, that seems a little odd to me that God's going to put these timelines out there. So that means, okay, I got another 25, 30 years before I even have to worry about rapture, right? And and I don't believe that's the case. But you had mentioned that you saw some inventions that haven't been invented yet. Can you tell us anything about that? Sure, absolutely. Let, let me go over, let, let me just kind of... Because I'm kind of hoping I can invent it and get the patent, uh, you know, before it's too late. We can work on, I, I've actually got the uh, idea. I just need the money behind it for the patent. So, you know, once we get that, then we'll make the, our, you know, millions of dollars off of it. But uh, I already know what it is. <laughs> so I've got a jump start on it, but God won't let me um, dip into that. It's kind of like lottery numbers. Don't ask. I don't know. I don't want to know. I probably do know, but don't want to know. Uh, th this is what I'll explain to you. God will allow you to see things in the future, but if he decides he wants to come before then, it's done. You see, no man, and it tells you, Jesus says this, he doesn't even know the hour, nor the time, nor the day, nor the second. He doesn't know anything about when he's returning. He does not know. He knows that there's signs, you know, there's things coming. <clears throat> and if we look around today, there's a lot of signs saying, hey, it could happen any minute, you know, and it could happen. It could happen tomorrow. And these inventions are just not going to happen. Otherwise, they could. I mean, if the, if the earth carries and we keep going, you know, we're going to see these things. Personally, I, ca I can't even comprehend that it would. I mean, just thinking back 100 years from now or 50 years, you know, back, it's like we've accelerated in knowledge. We've accelerated in technology. Everything. We, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't see how it's possible that this isn't just going to implode. 
I, I have the answer to that. It tells you in the Bible the certain things that are supposed to happen before he comes back. Now, the glory of God is just beginning to fall on the earth like never before. You know, the only time it was on the earth like that is when Jesus walked the earth. And it's just beginning. And it's just exploding. It's starting in little pockets here, little pockets there. I'm, I'm going to places right now. You know, I just got back from Indiana. And I'm telling you, I'm watching people. I'm watching miracles happen. People that can't walk getting up out of their wheelchairs or, or their motorized scooters and walking. And not only walking, end up dancing. These people, I don't even know these people. But the people at these churches know these people. And I know they can't do that. I'm watching people that have cancer. It completely disappears on there. It completely goes away. This is a, a special glory of God that's really on the earth. And, and, and I don't speak about things unless it's documented. In other words, yeah, tell me you've been healed by cancer, but I want it documented from your doctor. So I'm getting these things that are coming in where it's documented, you know, because I want people to understand this is a glory that's happening right now. God does not want it says, in the end times, my men servant, my maid servant, my sons, my daughters, they should all prophesy. If you're not prophesying, then the end times not here yet. So we should all be prophesying. There's certain things in the Bible that have to happen. And until we walk in his glory, and the great outpouring of the Holy Spirit is not just people speaking in tongues. It's actually the great outpouring of the Holy Spirit is people walking in something that they've never walked in before. It's walking in God's glory to where you get so full of God's glory that you walk up to pray with somebody and you just speak healing into their system, and it about, and all of a sudden they get healed, just like they did when Jesus walked the earth. That's the glory that's supposed to be here. It talks about those things happening first before the Son of Man can return. So they haven't happened yet. So we know that until those things happen, you know, he's not going to come. So we know that, that this is just the beginning this year. It's just spark, started like December 2020, little sparks here, little sparks there. And now this is the year it's flowing like crazy, like Asbury, what's going on in the beaches out in California right now. They're baptizing, what, 500 people a day or 50 people? I forget what it was, 500 people in one day that wanted to get baptized out there, the same place that the Jesus Revolution people got baptized in. I'm not looking, God's not looking for a repeat of what happened in the Jesus revolution. God's looking for something that's absolutely new. This is something that's going to happen. Yeah, people are going to go to old places that are familiar to them that they want so they can get something from the glory of God. But what they don't understand, the glory of God's right there in your own bedroom. You know, just start seeking him and it'll fall on you so strong. But those things have to happen before the rapture, or if you want to call it rapture or second coming, whatever you want to call it, before you can come. I know Heather had a bunch more questions, right, Heather? Yeah, I do. You guys are lucky I'm staying on mute over here. Um, I've been, I actually, um, I had a question I posted on my Facebook page asking, you know, because I know some of my friends had reached out to me after the first podcast and they loved it. And so I just um, kind of posted like, who's got questions? And um, one of my friends, she wrote a question that I kind of sidebarred with her asking a little bit more, more detail. But her question um, was about those that we have lost that we believe have gone to heaven, for example, her mother in this case. And she wanted to know um, if the, our loved ones that are in heaven, if they help advocate to um, intercede with those that are struggling on earth. And her specific one is she is she's extremely beautiful Christian and she is very prayerful that her mother is helping pray over her son who has um, some dependency problems as you've experienced. And uh, I think she's just, I think she's desiring some hope that there's somebody else kind of um, praying with her. What is your answer to that? But it's, it's going to be pretty simple. When you get to heaven, you already know everything. I, I'm, I'm going to be real blunt. You know what's going to happen. And you know that if you've prayed for them while you were on earth and you're praying for somebody, you know already what the future holds. So you're already before God. 
It's not a prayer that you're doing, but you petition God. It's a different thing than a prayer. So they petition God, help them. But you have to understand, they're not sitting up in heaven, looking down on earth going, okay, what's what's Bobby doing today? Okay. It's not like that. When, they, when you get to heaven, you're so engulfed in everything in heaven that God already knows your heart when you were here on the earth. He knows your heart. He knows your spirit. He knows those things. So God's taking care of it. Whatever you prayed for on earth, when you get to heaven, God already has that handed out and he's already given the answers to that. And you know the things that are going on. So many people in heaven already know what's going to happen. Let me explain to you why. There's no time in heaven. Yesterday, Today, tomorrow, it's all the same up there. It, it just is. So they see the past, the present, and the future at the same time. But they're not looking at the earth. They're not up there. I know people want to say that, oh, they're all up there, you know, and they're petitioning before God. And no, when you get to heaven, it's a different realm. You're not praying in the flesh. You're not in the flesh anymore. You're in the spirit. And when you get in the spirit, I'm telling you, it's already taken care of. If she's been praying, if the mom has been praying, her own mom, the the, the the boy's mom, the Christian lady you're talking about, if she's been praying for her son, God's already answering that prayer, trust me. And I will tell you this, I have a friend of mine that's a pastor in the state of Washington, and his son died, you know, it was a drug overdose from fentanyl. And the Lord had showed me, and it's very rare cases these things happen where God will show me something. And the Lord showed me that he's in heaven because when he was going out in the fentanyl, he cried out to God, oh God, I messed up, forgive me. God forgave him at that moment. See, people don't understand, there's people out out there that have committed suicide. There's people out there that have different things that have gone on. Most people that commit suicide actually realize they've made a mistake. And I and there's going to be a lot of religious people who say, well, that doesn't say. You know what? There's a lot of things that it's not explained in the Bible fully. But if you give your life to the Lord, those it says, whoever call, calls out the name of the Lord shall be saved. So they call out, forgive me, God. Forgive me, God. And even if they're doing it in the spirit, it's coming out before they actually pass on and go away. You have to do it in the flesh. So when things like that happen, I can tell you that I'm here today because of my mother's prayers while she was here on earth. She's not praying for me up in heaven. She's rejoicing up in heaven now. And, and you know, I have a brother that just hasn't turned his life around yet, but my mother knows that he will. She already knows what's going on. And I get that confirmation in the spirit. So yeah, it, it's way beyond what you can imagine. It's not like they're not up there praying or not, you know, pounding the pavement, you know, screaming out to God, because if that's the case, then there would be tears in heaven, and there's no tears in heaven. When you left people behind, I mean, that's one of the feelings I got when I had this dream. It's like nothing else mattered. I mean, I have a... You're right have a younger daughter who's uh, just finished her sophomore year in college and my wife and uh, my dog who I love <laughs> like a child. Uh, but I didn't even think about him. I just like, hey, this is it. I'm going. Yeah, it can't even comprehend that really, but um, nothing else matters. You hit the nail on the head because see the physical things that we have on earth versus the spiritual things are so different. And even the spiritual things that we have on earth, you know, they're so different than what you get in heaven. It's so powerful up there. You already know everything. When you get there, you know, and that's way too hard to explain. It's not like you're going to get there and all of a sudden it's like, oh, Jimmy's not going to make it. What am I going to do? You know, God will show you certain things, you know, it, it, way beyond what I could explain. I'll, I'm trying, but I'm a loss for words, I guess. Let's go back just to a little bit of your journey in heaven. You're uh, going through heaven with the angel and I mean, what all else did you see? I mean, you talk about the city. Did you see country? Did you see, I don't know. I mean, what are some of the things you saw? I tell you what, I saw mountains in heaven that were so beautiful. Look, just like the earth was supposed to be in the Garden of Eden, everything in heaven's alive. The rocks are alive. The water's alive. The grass is alive. The flowers are alive. The trees are alive. Everything is alive in heaven. It, you know, everything has something. It's a purpose in heaven. It, it brings such joy. When God made the earth, he made the earth so that man's eyes would be 
be pleased with what he sees, you know? And and when they were in the garden, it was like everything, you know, it, the trees. I mean, look, and I know this sounds crazy and don't go off on some new age thing. Think if you communicate with trees and mountains and everything like that, it's not going to happen. Okay. But in the garden, when the garden of Eden was here, Adam was able to, he had dominion over everything, including everything like that. So when you're in heaven, when you see the mountains, the mountains are alive, you know, the mountains have something. Oh gosh, they're so beautiful. See, we have clouds and we have things that change the different colors that we have here on earth. Like if you look at a mountain and some of it might look because a cloud might be over it and you go, oh, well, it's purple mountain. You know, it's really not a purple mountain. It's, it's you know, gray or, you know, if it doesn't have any rock on it, it's gray, black or, or green, whatever the color might be. But when the shadows hit it, but in heaven, there's no shadows like that. And the colors come out and it's so vivid and so beautiful. Tree, ah, well, the tree of life in the, in, in, in the tree of good knowledge of good and evil are both in heaven, uh, both by the crystal river. And when you see them and the 12 fruit that are on it, it's so beautiful. The leaves are like what, three to six foot long. It's kind of hard. You know what a magnolia leaf looks like? I don't know if you guys know what a magnolia, look it up, <laughs> Google it. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of that somewhat, the leaves on that tree did. But there's other trees. There's just, just such glory, you know, and people move. I mean, you, you don't have to, like, if you want to go someplace in heaven, you just go. It's like, you're there. It's not like, we flying through the air, you know, you're just, and you're there. It's so instantaneous, you know. Did you see anything? I mean, I mean, my thoughts are that the universe is, you know, forever. Uh, did you get any sense that people were going other places? Just hell or heaven, that's it. Okay, so let me let, let me throw something out at you here for just a moment, okay? And and this is probably you'll be the first people I've ever said this to. Brace yourself, okay? So we are the only beings in this universe, but there are other universes. They don't have human beings on it, but there are other universes. They have other things on it. We'll leave it there. That's interesting. Uh, <laughs> that's that's uh... universes as we know them. Right. Mm -hmm. Our our universe. We have a certain universe that we have here, our solar system that we have, but there's other solar systems that have a different form of life. We're the only humans created, and we were created to fellowship with him. We are like God. Now, we're not God, so get that out of your head, people. New Age, stop thinking you're God. You're not God. We're made in his image, in his likeness. Adam was given something to where he was to live forever like God. He was going to last forever until they sinned. Once they sinned, then the body started to deteriorate. As soon as they committed that sin, the body started to deteriorate. That's when man's age started. That's how Adam only lived 900 and some years after that. But he would have lived forever. He never sinned, you know? And and what you have to understand is that God created us like him. We're the only beings that look like him. We're the only beings that have the arms and legs exactly like we have, our face like we do. We're the only beings that have a spirit from God. And I know this might just be speculation, so let's just go uh, just one step further on these, because there's a lot of people out there who say they see things, is do you think, and then we can just get off this subject, do you think other these other beings, or maybe other solar systems, any of them have tempted or visited this Earth? Sure they have. Which would explain UFOs, alien? Well, I'll, I'll send you a video of something that I took over top of Texas. I I, I like filming out the window. I, I, I fly a lot. <laughs> I, I should own stock in Southwest as much as I fly with them, you know, they're in that and United, but I was filming out the window. I was going 
going from Dallas to Amarillo to go up there to a convention. And I, I just was filming some clouds. And then a week or so later, I'm looking at it and I'm like, what in the world is this? And the Lord said, that's one of my angels. But you see something in the cloud and all of a sudden you see it come up through the cloud and it's almost translucent and it goes up through the cloud and flies up to another cloud. It pauses for a moment and then goes on. And I'll send you that video so you can take a look at it. Hey, yeah, that would that'd be interesting. So, all right. So let's get back to heaven because oh, one, one other question. Do you suppose once we all get there that we'll ever get to visit these any, these other places, other solar systems? It's not so much that we'll get to visit them, but we'll know all about them. Once you're in heaven, you're in heaven. I just want to go flying around. Oh, you, listen, heaven's really big, okay? You'll never get to the end of it, no matter how much flying you do. So it's really, unfortunately, it's pretty empty. It's looking for some people. You know, hell is pretty crowded, but heaven's pretty empty. Well, that was a question. Who had, did you, you say something to me about that, Jim? About uh, his comment last time on part one about, uh, I can't remember who said that. You mentioned that that hell was pretty packed and heaven and heaven was very sparse. So, right. uh, I mean, we know that, you know, the Bible talks about that many will go through that wide gate you know, to destruction. So in narrowest way that uh, leads to heaven, it's very few. Mm -hmm. Do you suppose that's the reason or is it just so vast? Well, look, I'll throw this out at you. When music was first invented, I'm going to music for a second, you'll see why. Um, if you want to call it invented, God had Lucifer in charge of music in heaven. So when Lucifer got cast out of heaven, he took music with him. The thing is, Lucifer himself allowed clues out there to understand how much, how many people are going to hell and how many people are going to heaven. Think about it. There's a song that says there's a highway to hell, and there's a song out that says there's a stairway to heaven. So if there's a highway to hell, there's a lot more people going that way. And if there's a stairway to heaven, a lot less people are climbing the stairs. So explain more of your journey. You're you're going through heaven. You're with the angel. What other kind of things are you seeing and, and uh, taking in? Well, I, I guess the, the biggest thing that the angel had me doing was not just heaven, as I explained before. It was looking at things on the earth, you know, the future of the earth, the past of the earth, all those things. That's what makes my experience so unique and different is all of the things that I saw about the earth, you know, past, present, and future. And I, I think I talked to you guys about the water before, right. if I'm not mistaken. And there's so many things, you know. Uh, if you could have seen what it was like when when I didn't see Enoch get taken to heaven, but I saw Elijah and I, I saw what happened to him as he was being taken to heaven, you know, and it was, it was like, it wasn't a chariot, you know, but it was a flaming ball of fire, basically, and, but it was God's glory, <laughs> but they don't know how to explain it. They don't know how to put it in words, you know, it wasn't a spaceship and, and it just came and it took him and he went, you know, I got to see that, you know, uh, it was quite an unusual experience because it's not like anything you, I've ever seen before in the spirit or, you know, in the natural, uh, I got to see that. It, it, there's just, there's so many things that I saw about the earth and I saw about heaven. To try to put the things in the words that I actually saw, it's really, really difficult. And there's a lot of people out there that have had real experiences that went to heaven and you can hear it. Now, I will tell you this, I didn't see any roller coasters in heaven. Uh, I didn't see any buses in heaven or anything that's going to transport people in heaven. You don't need that. There's no air pollution in heaven and it's not electric. Okay, it's all the spirit of God. You know? And you can just go wherever you want to go go. You, you don't have your earthly desires when you get to heaven. It's all spiritual desires. Everything that's so welled up inside of you. If you've never had an experience of God here on earth, seek it. Because once you get that and you get a taste for that, then you start wanting more and more and more. Because when you get to heaven, it's like you're flooded with, you know, mm -hmm. the presence of God is so strong. And you don't get tired. I know somebody said, oh, I'm going to get to heaven and all we're going to do is praise God. And everybody's thinking, oh, how boring can that be? It's not boring. It never gets boring. Because right now, if you listen to worship music, I don't care if you're in the world or not. When you hear worship music and something inside of you wants to go, ah, 
yeah. You know, you just want to, you, you go crazy, but when you're in heaven and it's just your spirit and your flesh isn't there and you're not bogged down with the flesh anymore, your spirit is like screaming to be doing that all the time. But you do other things too. I mean, you're, you're moving around. If your spirit has a question, it gets answered immediately and you, you have that, you know, answered for you. But here's, here's the problem. When you come from heaven, unfortunately, you come back in your body and you have a brain. Your brain does not function like the spirit. I wish it did. You know, I'd solve all man's, mankind's problems. I'm assuming that there's a lot of stuff that you just can't comprehend anymore or even really try to make any sense of now that you're back in the natural, right? That is correct. I, I did a, a, a program, uh, a video with um, a gentleman by the name of Sid Roth um, with It's Supernatural, and, and he gave me permission to say his name. And so... Um, when I did this program, it was in August of 2020, God opened up a vision for me in the morning so that I could remember seeing things from heaven. And he put the timeline on it of what was going to happen, you know, if the person that won the election won the election. And it was going to happen by uh, 2022, February 2022. And everything that I talked about in that video has happened in 2022. In February 2022, it all began. And it's 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 amazing how that when God gives you an insight into something, sometimes you can't remember everything, but then God will bring it back to your remembrance, you know, when it's needed. Yeah, and, and the Bible talks about that too, how it'll bring things to our remembrance. Heather, you look like you're about to ask something or go off mute. Do I look antsy over here? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so I I love the balance between the, the heaven and the earth and the fact that you had um you have been blessed with both both experiences. What I would love to ask is there was a 35-year gap where you had to stay quiet. And I, I believe it was either on our podcast or in your book, and if I, I forget which, where you mentioned you couldn't even tell your wife about this experience until you were given the go-ahead, however that came to you, until you were told um now is the time. And so my question is kind of like at that now is the time so last podcast i asked you the question about when you um when you were revived and you came back to life what shifted in you so what shifted when you were given that time like what's your gps look like for how god speaks to you to work because i've been watching you on social media and i see you know the the concrete evidence and the stories and the, the people's lives that you're touching what's that gps and what shifted for you and then just to piggyback on it what did your wife say when you did well, I, I wasn't married at the time, but later on I got married. This is what happens is that I had this experience. Now I could tell them that I died and I told them that, you know, I went to hell, went to heaven. I can't tell you everything about it, but there were certain gifts that God gave me and those gifts are in me. They were in me when I came back. When I first came back, all of a sudden I knew things about people and there was no reason for me to know anything about people. I'd be standing next to a person and all of a sudden I knew everything about their life. And I'm like, whoa. And I'd look at them and I'd be like, whoa. And this was really freaky. And I had to learn to control that. Uh, God told me, don't say anything. So I didn't say anything. And it was a real learning curve. And it was a very lonely, lonely walk for those 35 years. Uh, I could not say anything to her except for that I knew things. So she learned to trust me because I just knew things. And when I would say, we can't do that. Well, why? You just have to trust me on that, you know? Or I might say, if we do this, this is what's going to happen. We can't do it, you know? And and so it became one of these things where I was trusted very much because if if I said something or about somebody, because there was somebody that I didn't trust or something, I would say, well, we can't be around this person. And God would allow me to say up to a certain amount about that person, you know, I would get the freedom to do that. And I'd say, we can't do this because this person is this, this, this. And so it was like, whoa. Or if we were around somebody and I'd say, hey, man, these people are great. 
you know, then it was okay to be around the people, you know? So yeah, it was, it was completely, it was a very, and still is in many respects, a very lonely life because there's so much that I know that I can't, still can't disclose. I can't tell people. I mean, this isn't a gift that you just turn on and off. It's not like you look at somebody and you go, oh, well, they're thinking this. It's not like that. I'm not reading their mind. Okay. It's not like that. It's just God just reveals things in the spirit about a person. And I know it, and I don't care who you are, you know, and it was really bad. I start to talk about this in the church and all of a sudden you see people going like this in the congregation, you know, <laughs> you don't want you to look in their Let eyes. me ask you a question. Are you ready for the answer? <laughs> Let's hear about Gus. No. <laughs> well, let me tell you about Gus. Gus is a guy that actually, um, he's quite unique. Even though he's a little confused on some things, he's headed in the right direction. <laughs> he, he really is. And uh, he's got a really good spirit about him. He really does. He's got things that, okay, Gus, you ready for this? So hopefully you don't mind. But he's he's got these little hidden things inside of him that he doesn't allow out. Uh, but, he, but he wants to so bad. And he has an awakening that's been happening in him spiritually that God has given him. And it's over time that he's able to release it. Even things that him and his wife share, you know, and, and he has so many more things that he wants to even impart into his pastor and to other people. And he's been holding back, but God's going to release him on that within the next few months anyways. But anyways, there you go, Gus. All right. Well, didn't expect that, but... <laughs> At least there was nothing bad, right? Well, I'm not going to tell you the bad. Oh, okay. You can figure that one out your own. <laughs> you can't tell you everything. I guess not. Uh, <laughs> I'm not uh, a fortune teller. Yeah, so. we still, yeah, we still haven't. Uh, we still got to work on uh, uh, Heather's uh, soulmate there. Can't help well, on that. Can't help on that he, one either. Well, here, okay. So Heather, you ready? Is it okay if I talk about you for a moment? Would you all mind if I do this? No, go for it. No, no, no. Okay, so yeah. Heather, th th this is what I'm, I'm seeing in you, Heather. The light bulb came on, and, and all of a sudden, all these things that you had questions for in your life are starting to just come come around, and you're like, oh wow, I really have to do something. You see, you just be came on fire for God. You thought you knew God before. Now you're really getting to know God. Now you're having this super deep hunger to get to know more. I mean, a whole lot more. And you weren't really one of these people that thought about it like that before. You just thought about God just being, okay, there's, there's a God. And yeah, okay, so I'm good. And now all of a sudden you're finding out that you want to be on fire for God. And it's something you didn't have before. Now you have this great, great desire to be like that. And you're just turning on. And you don't have to worry about a future. I, I don't do matchmaking. Okay, I don't do that. But you're not going to have to worry about it because your hunger and desire for God is seen by God. And so he's going to take care of, you know, the desires of your heart. It says he will give you the desires of your heart. Just make sure your heart's desiring the right thing. That's all. Okay. I just want to validate that because last night I was on a Zoom with my coach and we were talking about my spiritual walk and how much it has changed and the daily activities, like the hour in my prayer closet that I do each morning that I had fallen away from and have come in back to. So, um, right on point. Oh, we got two more guys on here. Yeah. So we got, we got to hear a little bit more. I'm ready. Uh, okay. Who was that that said I'm ready? Mark. 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 Well, Mark, you're a unique individual. You're self-made. Uh, you're one of these people that, that God has given you a lot of talent, but your talent that you have, believe it or not, you actually are, are very smart. You please a lot of people. You have an ability that a lot of people wish they had. Uh, you're you're a no-nonsense person, too. It's like if somebody comes up with you with a bunch of BS, you're just like, don't bring it here, you know? And you, you just got a lot going for you. You, you do have a, a business mind, but your mind has recently been 
and more on relaxing and kind of taking it easy, even though you still have this great business mind. And that's what I get from God. Thanks. I'll so, agree with that. Okay. So are we leaving the uh, best for last here, Jimmy? <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. You're in deep water. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Maybe I don't want to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, actually, uh, you might be a skeptic about some things, but it, it, the nice thing about you is that you're not rude about it. Well, maybe with your friends, but you know, <laughs> you're not rude about it to other people necessarily. You are one of those people that um, you do seek answers for things and you do it. You're more of an introvert than the other ones that are that are here. And uh, because of that, you have this thing about you. You want to know things. You just have this thing about you. You just want to know. You want to dig into something. And that's kind of your calling is to dig into things. And you don't have any problem doing that. And that's all I get right now is so just to tell you, but you're an introvert in the respect of you might be outgoing on the outside, but on the inside, you just, you just, you just have this thing. It's kind of hard for me to explain. It. I'm trying to picture it and put it in the words. You like to dig into things. You like to just check things out. So anyway, you're good to go. Okay, well, you we can live with that. None of us have to worry about facing the public now, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> we've been meaning to, to do a show about us and we haven't done it yet. I know we got to do that because people want to know who yeah. the three famous guys. Is. Maybe maybe we could use parts of this clip yeah. to uh, put yeah. on that show. Yeah. <laughs> I actually get I actually get messages from people trying to guess why we're the three famous guys. So uh, mm. we're going to save that for a pod. But yeah, we need to do that podcast. Well, Ivan, uh, before we sign off here, is there anything, any last thoughts you want to say? And I'm just going to throw it out here as well. My sister, my youngest sister, battled three bouts of cancer. I don't know all the details, but I know that the doc older that uh, she may only have a couple years left so uh, she took an early retirement from her job uh, i'm gonna let you just know that and you can, you can pray for that but uh, any last thoughts you want to give us and give the listeners before we sign off well, well first of all real quick i want to go back to something about three famous guys you guys don't realize you're prophetic you are going to be th some of the three most famous guys doing podcasts so <laughs> so whoever came up with that you're, you're, you're very prophetic on that we so. accept that one yeah. <laughs> absolutely you become more famous every day uh as far as your sister goes look I'm going to keep praying for your sister. I, I wish, I, I, you know, I, I, we'll have to talk off the air sometime, but find out what area of the country she's in. But I'd really like to meet her and pray with her in person. Okay. And, okay, and, and even lay hands on her, you know, pray for her and even baptize her if at all possible. I love baptizing people because I've found that when I baptize people into the glory of God, which the water has the glory on it, that I see so many people get healed. You know, it's unreal. But I, I can tell you this, that no matter what you face in life, I don't care what it is, God's the answer. It's the only answer, mm -hmm. you know, because the only alternative the answer is hell. And if you believe in God and you believe in Jesus, Jesus is the son of God. It's kind of a combo. You have to accept those two. And once you get accept those two, then you get the third one. It's just the extra gift that comes along, which is the Holy Spirit. And don't be afraid of it because it's something that can give you strength and give you power, not for you, the power of God through you. I, all I can tell you is that there really is a heaven. There really is a hell. And I hope and pray that, you know, by listening to this broadcast, that you guys get something out of it and that God can really grow inside your life and that you give him an opportunity. Look, even if you doubt everything that's being said here and you doubt and you're real skeptic, I can promise you when it comes time where you're going to die, if you know it ahead of time, you're going to start questioning things. You're going to say, well, you know, just in case there's a heaven, just in case there really is a God, forgive me. And you're going to find out he's going to forgive you. You know, he just does. And you call on the name of Jesus because that's what you got to do. And I'm telling you, there there are so many things in this final days, you're going to start seeing God's glory right now. You're hearing it today. Five years from if God, if Lord tarries, five years from now, 10 years from now, the glory of God's going to be so strong. You're going to watch because there's a lot of things that's going to happen right now. You're watching a big revolt against the LGBTQ question mark or whatever
whatever else is left to it. And I'm not preaching against it, so don't don't throw sticks at me. Or at these guys here, they're they're opening the mic for me. But you're going to find out there's a big backlash that's happening. I talk about it in my book because I know this is coming. I know things are happening. See, we're tired of things being shoved down our throat because the glory of God is on this earth like never before, and He's using people that we would never dream of before. Beer drinking guys that get drunk all the time, and God is saying, you know what? I'm instilling something in you where you're going to revolt against this too. So if God's Holy Spirit can move on people like that, imagine what He can do with you. Imagine if you just open yourself up and say, God, fill my life up and see what He can do with you. That's what I have to say. Well, Ivan, uh, we want to thank you for being on the show, and uh, we want to remind everyone that uh, your book, A Journey to Hell, Heaven, and Back, uh, you can go on Amazon. I think it was $16 for a uh, paperback. I'm not sure what the hardbacks were, but and they're also in bookstores, correct? Yes, that's correct. They're in, they're in just about every bookstore you can find. In fact, um, I was just talking to the editor or, or the publisher recently, and he said, my book has is, is just been phenomenal because most people's books, when they come out after six months, three to six months, it dies, and mine just keeps growing. So uh, if you want the book, go to Amazon or your local bookstore and uh, pick it up. You're going to enjoy it. Uh, Ivan, again, thank you for being on Three Famous Guys podcast, and we're going to try to get this on YouTube as well. Just thank you for your time. It was great talking to you and meeting you, and um, God bless you. Thank you. One last question. Inquiring minds want to know if you met Elvis up in heaven. (laughs) 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 Did Elvis make it? Okay, so. Well, not to bring up a heartbreak hotel, but I didn't see him. (laughs) All right. All right. That was good. Heather, you want to to say anything? I just want to say thanks as well. I'm so grateful to be on this podcast with the three famous guys and to just, um, be here a second time to get to dive deeper into your experience. And thank you for just being a voice that we all need to hear. I hope we all stay in touch. I will say that. I really, you, you guys have become new friends, new family. Yeah, definitely will. But don't go away, Ivan. I'm going to do the sign off. And, and But don't stay, uh, everyone just uh, stick around for just a minute. But this is Gus Jim Mark with Three Famous Guys and our guest host, Heather, interviewing Ivan Tuttle and talking about his book, A Journey to Hell, Heaven and Back. Uh, we want to encourage you to go to threefamousguys.com. If you have a story to tell, we believe everybody's story is valuable and is there to help somebody else through the things in their life. Not everybody can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Sometimes our stories will help them see that light. Uh, Go there. And if you've got a funny story, it doesn't have to be a bad story. It can be funny, crazy, wild, something to just make a great podcast. Uh, Go ahead and leave your information. With that, this is Gus and Mark, Three Famous Guys, and we're out of here. Thanks for checking out Three Famous Guys. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode. For more information or to try and uncover more about your mystifying hosts, Check them out online at www.3famousguys.com. That's www.3famousguys.com. We'll see you next time.